Welcome back to From Hevel to Eternity, my Bible study podcast. I'm Brian, and we're continuing our week-long break from our Minor Prophets studies. Don't worry, we'll get back to the second half of the Minor Prophets next episode. This week, I just felt convicted to deviate for two episodes. I feel strongly that both for me personally and the church collectively, we can stand to refocus and focus a little more on two areas that we currently don't always. There are two areas I think are key ingredients to personal growth and to church revival. The first area was repentance, and last episode we covered Psalm 51, a psalm of repentance. In the psalm, we see that repentance requires an awareness that only God can provide mercy and a washing that we need, a full awareness of our own sins, and that our sins are first and foremost against God. We need to be aware that we need wisdom, purification, joy, and forgiveness from God, and that God has to work in us in order for us to be transformed. That we must respond to God's mercy and God's grace by worshiping and praising Him, and by teaching others of what God offers. In all of this, we have to have a contrite mind and a humble heart moving forward. And then with that contrite mind and that humble heart, we need to be aware of the blessings that only God has provided to us. The second area is the practice of publicly reading the scriptures out loud within a community setting. When was the last time you heard an entire book of the Bible read publicly, from beginning to end? Should this be part of our regular worship? What does the Bible have to say about the public reading of scripture? Today we'll focus on the importance of reading scripture out loud to each other, on examples of this in the Bible, on calls from scripture that ask us to practice this, on how the early church practiced this themselves, and on what the practical benefits are for applying this to our daily routines. We'll find as we work through this topic that scripture is full of examples where the public reading of scripture was a catalyst for repentance and that they combine to result in vibrant revival within the whole church. I pray that this episode, combined with the last episode, will provide a jumping-off point for my personal growth, your personal growth, and a collective growth in communities of Jesus followers. The Bible is full of examples of scripture either being read out loud to communities of God's people, or of people being asked to read the Bible out loud. In the Old Testament, a few examples are in Exodus 24, shortly after the Ten Commandments are given and the laws are given, and in verses 3 and 4, it says that Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the rules, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. Then in verse 7, Moses continues, Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. Then in Deuteronomy 31, verses 10 through 13, as the Israelites are on the doorstep of the promised land and leadership is being transitioned from Moses to Joshua, Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years, at the set time in the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, 
you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. Once the Israelites are in the promised land, Joshua renews the covenant then in Joshua chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. He read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, and the women and the little ones and the sojourners who lived among them. Toward the end of the kingdom of Judah, we get a great king who comes on the scene, King Josiah, who was a reformer who aimed to get God's people to renew their covenant with God. 2 Kings chapter 23 verses 1 through 3 say, Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests and the prophets, all of the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant. In the New Testament, a few examples are in Luke chapter 4, where Jesus announces his arrival on the scene in a synagogue when he steps up during the time of public scripture reading, and he reads from the book of Isaiah. Then in the book of Acts, we see that the public reading of scripture precedes leaders' teachings. Acts 13.15 says, After the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. And then in Acts 13.44, The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So we see that Old Testament and New Testament communities engaged in public reading of Scripture as a means to reorient themselves toward God. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. So the Apostle Paul exhorts Timothy to preach and teach the scripture, yes. But before all of that, he tells Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. Preaching and teaching is important, and self-study is important, but Paul says we should also gather together, or nowadays I guess Zoom together, with the focus being to read through scripture out loud. I mean, the preaching and the teaching is meaningless if it's not connected to the power of God's word, right? In the Greek, the word that gets translated devote is to take heed or to carry a weighted regard for something. In fact, in places in the Bible, it gets translated as beware. The idea being that we should assign a high priority to the public reading of scripture. Paul also intended the letters that he wrote to the churches to be read out loud in their entirety. 
Galatians 4.16 says, And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. Then, in 1 Thessalonians 5.27, Paul also declares, I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. Similarly, James's letter is addressed to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, and Peter's first letter is addressed to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Even the book of Revelation has two chapters that are devoted to seven different churches in Asia Minor who would have been read the letter of the Revelation. So, not only do God's people in Jesus' time and before Jesus' time practice publicly reading scripture, but the apostles also employed Jesus' followers to do the same and read scripture out loud together. How did early Christians view public scripture readings? Well, the scholar Larry Hurtado, in his book Destroyer of the Gods, notes that the reading of scriptural text has been a regular component of corporate worship among many or most Christian circles since at least the 2nd century. The 2nd century Christian teacher Justin Martyr affirms in his writings that both New Testament and Old Testament scriptures were regularly read publicly at Christian gatherings. And according to Hurtado, some of the earliest Christian copies of scripture were even transcribed in ways that allowed for easier public reading. Things like larger lettering and generous spacing between lines of text, which were both atypical of Roman era texts, it would have allowed easier public reading of those texts. Brian Wright of Desiring God notes that early Christians read together in order to grow spiritually, and he also declares that reading together counters our individualistic tendencies, and it fosters humility and gratitude. In the second century, the Christian theologian Tertullian also wrote that we assemble to read our sacred writings. With the sacred words, we nourish our faith, we animate our hope, we make our confidence more steadfast. As we read through scripture together, it's not just about hearing. It's about transformation. We are meant to be conformed more into Christ by the scriptures. And interestingly enough, we are then called to be living letters of the church ourselves outward to other people, read aloud by all of our neighbors. Just listen to Paul's words in his second letter written to the church at Corinth. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. In the Bible, publicly reading scripture is associated closely with the people displaying obedience to God. But what else is usually associated with public readings of scripture that are found in the Bible? Repentance and revival occur often when God's word is heard out loud. When God's word is heard aloud, people are brought to a public repentance, a promise to turn from the sins that were before them and turn toward God. 
no Old Testament clearly outlines the idea of repentance more than Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 and then verse 9. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Most scholars believe the book read was the book of Deuteronomy. All of the people listened attentively to these words, to God's promised blessings and curses, and the Bible says that the people were brought to tears weeping over what they heard from the words of the Lord. Revival is also a byproduct of God's word being read out loud. Revival is this growth and rebirth among the people of God, and it also tends to be closely associated with humble repentance. You see, after the public reading of scripture in Nehemiah chapter 8, that the repentant weeping of the Israelites leads the people to unite, to reorient themselves toward God, and the people then come together to complete rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. They then dedicate those walls to God. Lastly, the Bible tells us that reading the words of Scripture out loud can bring about blessings. Revelation 1.3 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. We are called to read those words out loud, to hear them, to shema them, if you've been following the podcast for a while, and to let that hearing affect our heart and our life. Okay, this is all great and all, but back in the day most people couldn't read, so they had to be read to, right? Like in today's society, most people can read, and so are public readings of scripture really relevant now? What are some of the benefits of large public readings of scriptures? Well, first off, I want to be clear that the Bible doesn't say, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture unless everybody in your circles can read. Don't add disclaimers to the Bible that don't exist. Also, don't assume everybody you should be reading to can read. Public reading applies to reading to our kids just as much as it applies reading to our neighbors, by the way. Beyond that, though, here are some other reasons that the Bible should be read out loud today. Public reading promotes accountability. If you're going to gather and you know you're going to be in the Bible and that you might actually have to read from the Bible also, people are much more accountable to opening their Bibles up and looking at the words. It's a tragedy the number of Christians that I've talked to who are like, I bring my Bible to church or to small group because I'm expected to, but I never have to open it. It also promotes accountability that you will be studying something out of the Bible. If we publicly read large sections of scripture, then you can't ignore uncomfortable areas. Churches, small groups, and individuals seem to get in trouble more when they don't cover the scriptures often, or when they focus on one verse that's read out of context. 
most of the times that I've had a discussion with somebody walking an unbiblical, unrepentant path, they respond to me with a single verse to try to justify their actions or my inability to confront their actions. And almost every time that has happened, my response has been, okay, but what does the next verse say? Or, okay, but what is the context of that verse? These issues are easier to address when people are familiar with reading sections of scripture together and not just singular verses. Practically, as a small group leader reading through the entirety of the scripture being studied, it fosters inclusiveness. We should never assume everybody in the group has had the opportunity to read ahead. We should never build a lesson assuming that nobody new will be present in our group. In fact, we should build all of our studies on the foundation that somebody new could arrive. Like that's the point of discipleship and multiplication, right? Reading scriptures out loud also creates an opportunity for people to hear directly from God's word who might not otherwise. I know leaders and pastors who think that their words and their sermons are amazing. But is the voice of man really to be prioritized ahead of the word of God? What are we telling the people we are discipling when we do that? I've talked about different words used in different translations and different questions that might stem from hearing those translator selections. Well, one benefit of having groups of people publicly reading scripture aloud together is that we can better get clued into those differences and we can see all of the similarities. Just picture the scene, right? Like 10 adults are gathered in a room reading through a book of the Bible, each with their own Bible in hand, open to their own translation, taking turns reading each chapter, hearing the words of other translations while also seeing the words of their own. The differences aren't big and the meanings are the same, but you notice that the verse you had been struggling to understand now makes sense when it's heard through the words of a slightly different translation team. Another benefit that often gets overlooked is the simple fact that people process information differently. Some people process better through reading, some through hearing, and others, like myself, through vocalizing. If I read something, hear something, and then vocalize something, I am much more likely to retain that something. I'm not saying that we should only read the Bible out loud in groups. There is a time for silent study and a time for personal study. Just think that the nature of our culture today has made Bible reading too much of a private endeavor. This is one of the reasons why my podcast can be heavy on scripture reading, and one of the reasons I am always advocating for entire passages to be read out loud at my small groups. But this has been a bit of a blind spot for me also. As I have studied for this episode, I've become more convicted of the fact that we need to read scripture out loud. I actually messaged a few friends of mine the other day, asking if we could get together on a Zoom call and just read through an entire book of the Bible. No pressure, no planned questions, no other conversations or games planned ahead of time. Just taking like 30 minutes out of our month to be accountable and to take turns reading God's Word together, with the only focus being on reading God's Word. Jesus actually models this for us. He often recited scripture out loud to his disciples. The disciples often read scripture out loud together. We should carry on this practice today in hopes of igniting a personal and a corporate repentance that leads to church revival. Thank you for listening. All Bible verses were from the English Standard Version, or ESV, Bible Translation, which is a copyright of Crossway, a publishing ministry of Good News Publishers. Next episode, we'll be jumping back into the Minor Prophets with the book of Habakkuk. 
Until next time, I love y'all.